Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of M Square that is Marketing with Manik. Today we have our guest from Melbourne, Australia. She is an amazing bestseller for the book Constructing Your Career. Today we have with us Eleanor Moshe. Eleanor is a founder of The Construction Coach. She is an impactful public speaker and a panelist and she has been holding an industry-leading podcast Constructing You. She holds insightful and unforgettable industry events and as at M Square, we all know that passion is the key to success. We believe that passion without passion is just like eating a pizza without a base that it doesn't exist. So, and her passion in life is to guide, inspire and direct you to work on the greatest project that you ever will and which you say is, is yourself that you are the biggest project you will ever work on. I mean, amazing. Her ambition, she her ambition and her achievement is a first language. She's a forward-thinking industry leader and a dedicated mentor. So guys, without wasting much of a time, let's hop onto your headphones, hop onto your headphones and tune in for the second episode of M Square that is Marketing with Manik. And we will today discuss about on how you can revive your career or as other nurses, how you can construct your career in these difficult COVID times. So as we say, light, camera, podcast, let's begin the episode two of Marketing with Manik, that is M Square, with Eleanor Moshe on constructing your career. Hello. Hi, Eleanor. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, thank you so much for your understanding and rescheduling. It's been quite the week, but glad to connect with you. Oh no, that's totally fine with us. Hello guys, welcome back to M Square, that is Marketing with Manik. We are into episode and today we have our guest as Eleanor. Eleanor is from Australia, Melbourne, and she is an amazing writer. She has written the book, Constructing Your Career. So we'll be discussing more on that. Before that, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Twacha India, for hosting, like for sponsoring this episode. If you haven't checked their products, you can go on to www.twachaindia.com and check out their Ayurvedic products, which are there on the website. They also deal with hotel toiletries. So please do check them. So... Is that we see the whole situation scenario around and it's you know many of us are wondering how to go about our, your our career so we decided why not have someone who is an expert in that field and while we were reaching out and searching for a guest so we came across Eleanor and we found we realized that she could be one of the one of the best persons to discuss on this with and you know help the people around to more understanding how to build your career, how to resume your career if you have taken a pause and how to move ahead with it in case you want to and how to shape it up. Eleanor, I welcome you to M Square. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on the other side of the microphone and share value with your audience. Yeah. So how have you been, Eleanor? How have you been like, how's this whole scenario? Like how you're coping up with this? It's, I know it's very tough. It is. And in Melbourne, we are privileged, pun intended, to have a second lockdown. And that, of course, has caused a lot of stress to local businesses and of course individuals. But my message regarding all of this has been the same from the start and we have to maintain a future focus and focus on what we can control and really use this time to develop high income skills, to develop a plan, to come out of this with a vision of what we want. We've really been forced to pause and to reflect and it's been really fantastic personally to make use of the net time that I've run into in order to, you know, the first lockdown I launched my podcast, the second I launched my book. So personally, I've been busy and I've had more clients than ever before. So absolutely grateful to be busy, but 
it's always a market of opportunity and what matters is what you choose to focus on. Yeah. Like since lockdown, there have been so many things going up around here. Like even in India, it's getting bad day by day. Like it's very, I feel it's very important to stay positive in these times and look out for opportunities rather than grieving about the lost opportunities. And yeah. How important you feel this pause has been, you know, to like, do you think, take it as an opportunity to self-reflect or it, you feel that it's like some people I've met and like I've been talking to, they, they are very sad about whole of this thing. I understand that there are many people who might have been hit very badly with this, but you know, what will be like, how do you feel about those whole scenario? Do you think it's just, you know, a boon in a disguise or how do you speak it up? That's a great question. There are, of course, some people who will choose to focus on everything that is negative there are people who will choose to focus on everything that they don't have. Instead, the practice is always maintained focus on what you do have because without health, we'd never have anything. And we cannot take that for granted, not now and not ever. But it's also really bringing to mind, really bringing to light people's mindset. People are just conditioned to follow the fear mongering created by the media. People are so easily swayed by the mindset of the masses and which is really driven by fear instead of actually doing their own research and looking out at what's happening and actually saying, okay, what do I need to do in my career and life right now to still get it to where I want to go? And of course I had massive plans for 2020. I wanted to go on a public book tour and I wanted to do this and that, but in my mind, it's, Not that it's not happening, it's just not happening yet. And that's why I'm really focusing in the present. What can I be doing right now to maintain that future focus, to continuously have that positive mindset? Who do I need to surround myself? What do I need to be feeding my brain in order to not feel that sense of loss or destruction that other people are feeling? And it's also about understanding, well, okay, when this comes around again, and it will, How am I going to better position myself in my career so that I'm not the first one out the door when businesses have to cut their staff? How can I be, how can I not just rely on my employer for the one stream of income? How can I ensure that I recession proof my career? Because a lot of people have found themselves to be very, very exposed at the moment. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, like I read it somewhere that if you have one source of income, you're just one stroke away from from having nothing. You know, like one day suddenly you wake up and you have a message from your boss saying that, you're sorry, we cannot continue with the services. You just have nothing. And like a day before you might have been earning a million dollars, but the next day you, you have nothing. And that's so important to just not be dependent. And we... And like, where do you think people miss out on this? Why the people do not understand that it's very important to have two, three sources of income. We, we are spending so much on so many other things, but not on building a second source or a third source of income. And like, what do people lack? I mean, like, what do you feel is it? Comfortable times produce comfortable people. And I don't know how it is over there, but it's been pretty good in Australia for a very long time. And I, again, I don't know how it is over there, but say someone earns around 70 to 80,000 here, just as an average professional. You can live in an inner city apartment, you can go out for brunch on weekend, you can buy a car, and you can save up to go for a holiday once a year. That is the aspiration of what people are aiming towards. But people are just so ingrained and entrenched in their comfort zone that they're not trying to future-proof their career. 
they're happy being in their comfort zone. And what they're also relying on is the one way to have a career. There are many ways to have a career. And this fundamentally comes back to people's mindset is broken in the first place. People's skill set is not actually enough to attract a high income position. And what they rely on is to attract the big money 10, 20, 30 years on. But what people also, people don't even have the audacity to dream. People are so afraid of saying, I want more out of my career because heaven forbid, someone actually criticizes them or tells them that you shouldn't have more. So people stay in their box with their job title. They stay in their comfortable box doing the same thing, the same, you know, dealing with the same challenges with the same people. And that is no way to have a career, let alone an exceptional one. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I mean, like you get caught up in this false sense of security, I would say, and like you feel it's all secure and you, you don't feel like moving ahead. And as you rightly mentioned, the criticism part, I mean, it's very important to understand that criticism is a part of your growth. And if you take it as an inhibit, it should not, it, it is a catalyst to your growth, not an inhibitor to your growth. And that, that I feel is very important. I'm not able to take, you know, criticism. See, criticism in a bad way is never right. What is what I feel. But yeah, constructive criticism is something which you should be aiming for, which should look forward for. You will always have this close friend group or a circle or your family where you can go and ask like, if I'm doing well, or if, or if you have any suggestions on that. Why don't people do that? I mean, like, what, what, do you, what is your take on that? It always comes down to one thing when you really break it down into a root cause is that people do not have vision. Okay. When you don't have vision, you're, nothing is pulling you forward. Nothing is motivating you to take any risk to think differently, to act any differently, to try and craft any different results in your life. I ask people all the time, what do you want? COVID or otherwise, what do you want? Blanks, people draw blanks because they never actually spend any time figuring out what it is that they actually want. And when you actually challenge them and you dig deep, and that's a big part of my mentoring, you actually find out, yes, there is something here that you want, but you're either not taking ownership of it or you don't actually believe that your own dream can be your reality. People are very quick to self-sabotage and convince themselves that, nah, it's not going to work. Yeah. Everyone has, I, I truly believe that everyone has a hundred million dollar idea within their mind. But the difference is that some people actually work to make that a reality and other people just let it fly by and they never actually do anything. But without vision, you're not ever actually going to experience your passion, your purpose, your potential. You're never actually going to want more because you can't even actually see more for yourself. So how important is visualization in this? So uh, that, that this book, right? Law of Attraction. And uh, I've seen, I uh, like, see, I'm a very big martial arts fan, MMA fan, and I follow Cordon McGregor very closely. So I've seen that guy grow from, you know, rags to riches story. And like big people like LeBron James and all, how they put it, that's very important to visualize. What you want to get in life is very important to visualize. And like they've, it's a very important part of the whole journey. If you cannot visualize, I think that's the first step. You need to visualize what you want. If you can't just see it, like as I say, if you can see it here and you can speak it, it's going to happen. And so that's very important, I feel. And I just wanted to understand, like, 
when you mentor somebody as in like when you go and like mentor somebody or if you if you start if you talk about the book that is constructing your career when you might have interacted with a lot of people before you came across that these are the major problems which people face and like as your book mentions that to the best project you will be like the you will be undertaking in your entire life like what were the major like if you if we can just brief it up like three four points what are the major roadblocks or like the inhibitions which people faced when they were like trying to explore themselves or trying to find themselves it's all mindset everything comes down to mindset because people don't actually have a philosophy of life that is congruent with their ambitions their achievements and their vision and when you don't actually have a philosophy of life knowing that you know something as basic as the mere fact that you can have a thought it already makes it part of your metaphysical reality the next step is to make it part of your physical reality So I know that when I when the universe has downloaded a thought into me it means there is something there for me and it is my job it is my duty as a human on this earth to actually pursue it. So people's mindsets and world view are so conditioned by average societal standards. It's they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. It always comes down to mindset and a big part when uh, the most recurring theme is fear and fear is of course a very large topic within itself fear manifests in many different ways it shows up as self sabotaging it shows up as fear to take action it shows up as over analysis it shows up as downgrading the language like the language in which you talk to yourself people actually talk to themselves in a very negative manner and it always comes down to people's mental and emotional states which are holding themselves back Yeah that's so true like when uh, the soul real and like fear i think there are two types of fear one is the fear of failure and the other one is like if that works am i sufficient enough to you know take it forward what if i am not ready and like suppose if i'm having a startup and if that startup really grows big what do i do then i mean like that is also one of the fears which you know holds people back and i uh, like do you also feel that it's a part of the reality which people like how they're conditioned from their childhood that you know you need to have a safe future a secure future you need to have a pension fund you like you know when you retire you to have a retirement fund like how can someone like suppose if i am the person like who is very fearful about what do i do if it doesn't go well what if everything fails and you know how do you get uh, get out of that conditioning which has been there you know since childhood how do you get out of your own head <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a great question i so i started my development journey you know you start immersing yourself in content that starts to expand your mind that was the first thing i was i was finding that i was being drawn to certain types of literature for example napoleon hill think and grow rich and you start discovering a whole new world you start discovering hang on no one has ever told me this and conventional education will never tell you all of this uh, yeah. conventional education is a massive scam it is really in the self education in which massive success is made and for me how i you know i'm not fearless i still have fear and i still have limiting beliefs but the difference is that now i move ahead regardless of them i don't listen to them i don't give them fuel but what really helped me on my journey to get to the point where i can take consistent action towards achieving what it is that i want is i worked with a mentor my mentor is ron malhotra he's quite well known in india actually oh, yeah. and he's larger larger than life itself and it took you know for me working with someone like ron to hold up a mirror and to show me that all the fears they're all a construct of your mind 
And what actually differentiates the successful people, the high achievers, is those that actually persist and consistently fail forward in a way. Because you don't get to have massive success if you don't do any of that. And for me, you know, what is the alternative? To have an unremarkable average career and to literally wait until the end of my working career to then start living life? It doesn't make sense. It actually doesn't make not it doesn't make fiscal sense. It doesn't make sense from a spiritual growth. And it certainly doesn't make sense from adding value and having impact to the world. And it was through working with Ron that I really found out, you know, what were my prerogatives? And like I said before, it's not about being fearless. It's now I recognize the fear and I'm able to articulate it. And when you can articulate it when working with a mentor, it's like, right, I get it. I can move forward. It's not a sensation that overwhelms you. And most people find that that sensation of fear is is overwhelming. So what they do, they retreat back to their comfortable box and wait for the same paycheck to come in every month. Yeah, I understand that fear always draws you back. And it's, there's a very famous story, which we, I think, taught in school that if you put some crabs in a box, they will always pull you back and they won't let you escape even if you keep the lid open. So I think the society and the fear does the same thing. So when you're trying to move out of the box, it tries to pull you back in. And it's, it's, it's very important to have positive people around you and who pushes you, who push you forward. And as you rightly mentioned that it's very important to fail also, because until unless you don't fail, you won't know what success truly means or what getting, what you want really means. So yeah, like if you like, and it's very difficult to understand when it comes from your family. And like, if, suppose if I give myself an example that it's in kids, kids always, like, you know, they're conditioned from the childhood that you, you have to have a safe future, you, you need to be safe and others. So, yeah. So how important you feel is parenting and to make your kids more friendly to risk and failure and how can they move forward with that? That's a great question. And it's actually one of the arenas in which ideas get shot down the fastest. And I put this post up on social media a while ago, and it said that beware the three F's that quickly shoot down ideas, friends, family, and fools. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Even though they may be family, even though they think they have your best interest at heart, they don't. They have their perception of what is your best interest. And they are actually projecting their own limitations onto you in that process. And I know in certain cultures, breaking out of that convention and breaking out of that tradition causes immense short-term pain. But fundamentally, you owe it to your future self. You owe it to the person that you need to become to not give up on that person, not for friends, not for family, and not for fools. And along the way, I have outgrown so many of those people because they have made the decision not to come along for the journey. You know, the first time when I said that I was going to launch a podcast, I had a friend say, why are you going to launch a podcast? There's already so many podcasts out there. My podcast had 20,000 downloads in six months. It's not about what people are already doing. It's what it is that I need to do. And if I were to listen to a friend there would be no podcast. And if there was no podcast, there would be no community. No community means no impact, no value added to my community. It is the same with a book. Uh, Why are you writing a book? What are you going to write a book about? What do you know? If I had listened to them, I wouldn't be a number one bestseller. And I wouldn't have people 
saying, Eleanor, this is the book I never knew I needed. So you cannot listen to people who do not have a worldview that is greater than yours because people need to remember only the people who are achieving less than you, who want to do less than you, are the ones who are going to criticize and hold you back. Yeah. That's so important. Like the book you mentioned, when people are who are like behind, like I won't say behind you, but who who have achieved lesser than you comparatively in this current time frame, they always like they will always see the world from their point of view, their failures, and they because it's very important to understand what you can do, and like how you can move forward. So uh, like see, a lot of people who have you know moved forward in life, they have listened to their gut and like what suits them better because no one can know better than you. So like, was it your gut when you went up ahead with the book or when you went ahead with the podcast or you had this whole discussion with your own self that, okay, these are the pros, these are the cons, or you just move ahead with your gut. Like, okay, I want to do this and I'm going to do this no matter what. That's right. I listen to my intuition. I listen to my future self because they know what's up. <laughs> That's who I listen to. Yeah. But I also have a very strong and compelling vision. I have spent a lot of time and I revisit my vision every single day. So I know that in order to get there, this is the action that I have to take today. Because if I don't take this action today, there will be none of that vision. And trust me, I want that vision. It is, if it takes me my whole life to achieve it, that's what I'm working towards because I was put on this earth for a reason. You were put on this earth for a reason. The people listening were put on this earth for a reason. They weren't put on this earth to be mediocre or to be average. Absolutely not. Why would, why would we be created with a supercomputer up here? We have hands that are the most complex piece of engineering in this whole world. And we have the most beautiful places on earth. Really, people were put on this earth so they could not live out their greatest potential. Absolutely not. Or to listen to other people. And yeah, I've, I've you know, once upon a time, I was someone who you know, when I wanted to do something, I would, I would create a poll. I would ask everyone around me, hey, what do you think? Or do you think I should do this? Yeah. Why am I asking them? They don't have my vision. They do not want the future that I want for myself. Why do I need their opinion? I don't need their advice and I don't need their criticism. They're not going where I am going. I will only listen to advice of people who have, you know, my best interests at heart and who are going where I'm going. And that is Ron. Yeah. I'll happily take on Ron's advice, but I will not take the criticism or opinion of people who aren't playing the same game, who aren't doing what I'm, what I'm doing. Yeah. And when I have been faced at those you know, pivotal moments, I have really learned to trust my gut and to trust my intuition because, you know, even scientifically there is a, uh, I don't know if it's the nervous system, but there is a connection between our brain and our gut. Our gut is actually very, very good at making decisions. And you know, if I'm not listening to the core of myself, if I'm not listening to my own inner voice, I'm killing my soul. I'm going against my grain. And people do this all the time and they're killing themselves in the process. To me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, like, see, I feel like the, the gut is like a result of all your experiences which you have had in life, subconsciously or consciously. And just a way to access your subconscious mind in a way. I mean, like, it, it just knows what's right for you and what's not right for you. And in terms of business or relationships, it just always knows that this is what you should do and what you should not do. And like, it, it's very fascinating because when I was starting my podcast, there were a lot of people saying, okay, who's going to listen to you? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? I won't listen 
to you. There are so many good people around there. But those good people also started at some point, right? They became good over a period of time. And like, I really follow Joe Rogan for this. That's one of my inspirations on why we started this podcast. So yeah, like now, like moving forward with the book, which you have, and like, just if you can give us a brief on whole, what is the whole idea of the book? How did you come up? Yeah, I you know. How did you come with up with the idea? What does like, if somebody wants to give it a read, like, how it will help them and how it can change that mindset, which we have been talking about, how will it impact? I wrote this book to be both practical and inspirational. And I wrote it for the person that I once needed, because I also once stood at the precipice of my career and I couldn't answer the question what I want. I didn't have the audacity to dream. I didn't understand how the industry looked like. And over the entirety of my career, I have amassed a level of success that people don't achieve in 20 years or in their entire lifetime. And people would always come to me, Eleanor, how is it done? And when I looked at the marketplace and also knowing that I won't ever get the chance to mentor every single person that, you know, I would like to, or would like to work with me, how can I reach them? How can I have a conversation with them? How can I be the mentor that they need? How can I be their friend that they also need? So I, wrote the book in a very holistic manner. It's written in a way, okay, this is how we build a building. We plan, we start with the foundations and then we go up and I've teamed that in the same manner. That's how you construct your career. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a long time, but this is what is possible. And what I found with conventional career intelligence such as work on your transferable skills or yeah. I'm not, I don't even remember generic stuff like that. It's not part of my ecosystem. It's not part of my world. But when people rely on conventional career intelligence, it's holding them back. One, because it's incomplete and missing context. People think that if I get that promotion or if I know how to interview, I'm going to have a successful career. Absolutely not. The first work that you have to do is on yourself. What is the greatest project that you will ever get to work on? Yeah. It is you. And that's also fundamentally a big problem in the construction industry. People spend decades after decades working on projects external to themselves, never actually looking internal and saying, I'm an underperforming project. This needs to be shaped up. Second, a lot of unconventional career intelligence, again, also doesn't provide that holistic approach to constructing your career. And I do talk more about mindset in the book as well, because as you know, there's content out there that is about mindset. There's content out there that is on careers. Where's the marriage between the two? And also, I like getting results fast. I want to shortcut the process, but I only shortcut it by actually playing the long-term game. So again, what I have done in my book is I've really pieced together all the different stages of career construction, you know, these are all the different considerations that you need to constantly revert back to and constantly look at when you are building your career, because you don't just build your career once. You don't just set and forget it. Yeah. It's a constant reiteration. So the book is structured. We've got the planning phase. And this is where I ask individuals, what do you want? What's your vision? And also give people the permission to dream big because I'm a maximalist. I want more out of my career. I want more out of everything. Always have, always will. But now I own it. And there was a time when the ambition, people would use that against me. You know, don't have more or don't want more. Keep, keep safe. Don't try this. Don't try that. The second part of my book is the design phase. So this is where we go to the drawing board and we actually start to scope what our project 
our career actually looks like and also talk about advanced goal settings because I love goals and I'm addicted to achievement. The third part is the construction phase. So only after you actually plan and design can you start construction. This is how it happens in real life. People have it the other way around. And the construction phase really talks about the foundations of your career. And even though skill set accounts for a very small percentage of your career success, the high income skills that you need to master to have a very successful career is what I talk about in terms of skill set. Skill set that the social age needs, skill set that the digital age actually requires. I also talk about the superstructure, which is okay, how do we actually how do we actually raise our career? How do we actually build up? And then also talk about the facade, which is your networking, your branding. Professionals don't have a brand. They don't even think that they need a brand until they realize the opportunity cost associated with having a brand. And then the last part of my book is the operational phase in which I talk about the high performance principles. I talk about management. I talk about leadership and I talk about maintenance. So as you can see, it is very holistic yeah. in its approach to constructing your career. Okay. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'll sure do get a read for myself because now, see, I've been, been I've recently started working on myself and like, I, I wanted to reach out to people and tell them that instead of working out more for other people and you know, like you first need to work on yourself because this is something which will stay with you. And like, it, it's not going to go away. Nobody can take that away from you. It's something which is truly yours and that it only grows with time. It's, it's not like with, with time, it is going to diminish or something. It just grows with time asset not a liability you're going to possess with. yes <laughs> yeah. so that's what 100 percent. yeah and what do you how do you feel like how important it's goal setting and when we say goal setting and i uh, how important is having timelines deadlines to it because whenever we are working on a project a deadline becomes very important and but that we do not apply when we bring it to our life so we say we want to get rich but by when we say we want to have that project, but by when? And like that, I was uh, going through this uh, uh, TED talk, which is there inside the mind of a master procrastinator. And then, so they say there's a panic monster, uh, which really activates when it comes close to a deadline. So how do you work on that panic monster? And like, how will the book help people, you know, in getting their panic monster up and working more on themselves? I love that term, panic monster. I'm going to have to steal that from you. That's fantastic. So I'm someone who is very time sensitive. I have always been very precious with my time and I'm very conscious as to how I choose to spend it because it's a currency. And unlike money, which is in abundance, time is not in abundance. We are given a very limited amount of time in the history of the world to actually experience this life. And when people actually think about it, it's 4,000 weeks. If you live to the age of around 80, that is 4,000 weeks. That is all that you get is it is an allowance that doesn't refill. Okay. Once I really got that appreciation for the human experience and that I am not here for a very long time, I don't have 800 years. No one does. It is my duty then to do everything that I can to accelerate whatever it is that I want in that time. Why would I waste it? I don't have the luxury to procrastinate. It's not even a luxury. It is such a waste of time. And if it's not adding value to me, if it's not adding value to my community, if it's not falling part 
of my vision, then why would I do it? Why would I waste time? And people get so caught up with, you know, $10, you know, they're upset because they lost $10, but they're not upset that they lost 10 hours. Uh, you know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So uh, that's one part of the procrastination piece, but the procrastination piece also comes back down to people who don't have a compelling vision. They're not motivated enough. Yeah. When people compare procrastination with visualization, they're like, we are visualizing. I mean, like, that's an excuse. You cannot, there's a whole different, when you visualize, you have a goal, you have a deadline in mind, but when you're procrastinating, you're just wasting out your precious time. And the difference is, yes, you can sit there and visualize, yeah. but then the actual manifestation comes in the execution. You actually have to do something. And this is where the goal part comes in. And it's also about being specific in the time frames because when I say I want to achieve something by 30 days, I'm actually eliciting a new level of action. Say you want to be able to run in 10 days, for example, yeah. you are going to be more motivated to want to do something now instead of saying, I want to run. Well, like you said, well, great. What, in 10 years? No, we want time frames because that also sends out a message to the universe saying, look, meet me halfway. I'm going to do the action part. And this is when I want it by. You have to put in a very specific order with the universe. Otherwise, when is the universe going to know when it needs to deliver it to you? Yeah. So I know it's been amazing discussing. So like, just if you can share more light on like your internship and like the book and where can we find it and where can the listeners find the book? Yeah. So that it's helpful for the people to get more insight into what we have been discussing. The book is a fantastic resource and the mentor that you need, because it doesn't matter where you are in your career in terms of job title. It has nothing to do with job title. The book was written for people who are ambitious, who can play the long-term game and who want more out of their career and who are going to make the conscious decision to not be an average professional because the world does not need more average professionals. Look at the state of the world because of average professionals. Look how many people live below the poverty line. Look how many people can't even get into retirement. Look how many people are just so uninspired by their work when they have to go to work every single day, they dread it. Yeah. So it is really a book that is going to challenge your perception as to what a career actually entails. It is available on Amazon. Just search for Constructing Your Career. It's available as a hard copy and a Kindle. Okay. And if people would love to find out more, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm at Eleanor Moshe and on Instagram at Eleanor Moshe underscore. And of course, for all other opportunities, go to eleanormoshe.com. Yeah. So thank you so much, Eleanor. You've been an amazing, it was an honor for us for hosting you and the insights which you have given on so many things like set goal setting and like how people can come out of their own shell and how can you defeat the childhood conditioning which you have been put on, like you need to be secure. You, you, it's better to be average, you know, like, uh, like it's better to, like I always feel that it's, I will, I, anytime I will rather choke with greatness than nibbling in mediocrity, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So and like how to awaken your panic monster and like how to continuously keep him up with you so that you achieve your goals and you know like 10x your goals at times. So it's been amazing having you here and like we really look forward to have you more multiple more times up here and you know discuss more about how to you know, move ahead in life, how to progress your life and how to achieve your goals and how to actually construct your career. 
that is how you construct your career so with this we come to a conclusion of our episode 2 on how to construct your career with Eleanor Moshe from Melbourne Australia now guys moving forward we are having a lot in store for you this week we are going to release our episode 3 of M Square and we are going to host Mr. Barnaby Winters, he's the founder of the Brand Bucket Company in the UK and he's going to share with us a lot of insights on how to be the go-to marketing brand in this day and age of marketing. It's going to be an awesome experience for all of the people who are budding entrepreneurs and want to learn how the marketing is done in the modern age. And just you know, just a quick insight onto who Barnaby Winters is, the person who handle the branding and marketing of Ford Sierra when it was being launched in the UK. So we are going to launch a new series very soon, guys, that is Lights Camera Podcast. You will get more details about our upcoming new series on our Instagram page. Stay tuned. We're going to launch it very soon. So stay tuned to our Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at msquare2official. You can follow me on Instagram at anuragmanik7. It is, we are coming up with a lot of new initiatives there. So stay tuned, stay listening, and stay different, and keep listening to Unsquare. And keep tuning in on all leading podcast platforms. Thank you so much.